Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello and welcome to Matt Appeal. I am Susan Okereke. And I'm Bobby Seagull. And we are on a mission to make maths more accessible to everyone. The Maths Appeal team wants you to get involved, to do more maths. Uh, and we as maths teachers know that and believe that everyone can be part of doing maths and feeling confident with it. Yeah, and the, and the aim of Maths Appeal and our series is just to show people that, you know, maths is really something that all of us can do. It's not really scary, uh, even though it can be tricky. It can be a hard subject, but it shouldn't be as scary as people make it out to be. Uh, and this is actually our final episode of season number two. And as an extra special treat, we have a special guest, the amazing Matt Parker, a.k.a. Stand Up Maths. He is a stand-up comedian and a number one best-selling maths author as well as a legendary maths youtuber he's got over a million followers and he makes incredible maths videos he's actually a good friend of team maths appeal and we actually worked with him on fun things in particular susan you've worked with him on some sort of not string mathematical real yeah. life problem so i was asked to do a little kind of favor and be one in one of his videos and he got me to learn a quite cool not trick where uh, I am able to put a ring in a knot and then magically get it out using the magic of maths. So that's something for you to check out too. So this series, as you know, it's a lot about uh, problem solving and thinking in a mathematical way. And in every single episode, you know the drill. We do a maths problem, we work on it together. And um, when we set the maths problem, before jumping into doing the maths, we like to set some uh, ask some questions to get your mind thinking, to get you in the zone first. So I think a lot of the time it's forgotten that uh, to do problems is quite an emotional thing. So the first questions we ask are, how do you feel when you first saw the problem or heard the problem? Does the problem make sense to you? Do you have any questions about the problem? Anything you're clearing up? And what are the math topics in this question? And then when you're actually doing the problem, firstly, just identify what are the facts that you know? Then secondly, um, what are the rules and formulae that you need? Then thirdly, are there any sort of almost like facts that you can deduce from the problem? And then finally, are you in a position to tackle the question? And you know what, Bobby? I'm in a position to tackle the problem. I think it's time for us to get ready. The problem will be with you in a bit. So if you need to get anything before we give you the problem, go get it now uh, and we'll be back after this. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So it's problem time. I hope you're all ready and you're in position and you're paying attention. I'm going to read the problem now. So this is actually a, a, a problem from a GCSE predicted paper. And we've adapted it to make it more relevant to us and our audience. So mm. at a charity maths comedy event, comedian A does a punchline every 40 seconds. Comedian B does a punchline every one and a half minutes. Assuming both comedians start their set at the same time, zero seconds, Work out how long it takes for both comedians to deliver a punchline at the same time. I'll repeat the question one more time. At a charity maths comedy event, comedian A does a punchline every 40 seconds. Comedian B does a punchline every one and a half minutes. Assume both comedians start their set at the same time at zero seconds. Work out how long it takes for both comedians to deliver a punchline at the same time. So we'll come to that in a moment. But first, the moment you've all been waiting for at the end of season two. We've got a stand-up comedian, former maths teacher, number one best-selling maths author, YouTuber extraordinaire, all the way from Australia. It's Mr. Matt Parker. Oh, thank you. He lives in England thank now. You. Yeah, he lives in England. Yeah, I do, I do. But I travelled from Australia within the last two weeks, so oh wow, I think that technically counts. As I think, hopefully, you're aware, um, series two of Matt Appeal is focused on problem solving. That's kind of the, the aim of, of the series. And when we think getting you on, I really, really, really wanted to share your incredible book, Humble Pie, where problem solving goes wrong, because it's like. It's great. And then I, your incredible Edinburgh Festival show uh, was just great, bringing it to life. And I'd just like to, if you summarise the key points from Humble Pie, please. Oh, thanks. Yeah, so the book on paper is stories of maths going wrong in the real world. In fact, that was the subtitle in the US edition because they like <laughs> to add a more descriptive subtitle when they release it in the States. And so it's literally called When Math Goes Wrong in the Real World in the US. And the idea was... I figured I could use examples of when there's like, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of mathematical mistakes, engineering, programming, measurements, units, rounding, you name it. I found a maths mistake where that went wrong in the real world. And it was kind of an excuse to talk about how important maths is in our modern society by pointing out, first of all, how much maths there is that we normally don't notice. And then what happens when it goes wrong. But kind of behind that, my ulterior motive what i was trying to feed in there mm -hmm. is that as humans we're not naturally good at mathematics like when we're born we're, we're not we don't you know we don't emerge good at maths we have to learn it it's and hard learning work. it's difficult yeah. it's hard work yeah, it's exactly. hard work yeah that's yeah let's not get away from that it's no one's born being able to get the the more you nope. do the better you become that's our message exactly and people get this weird notion that people who like maths find mm. it naturally easy so i was trying to dispel that a bit and so while on one hand i'm aware there's a certain irony here i'm saying it's important <laughs> to get the math right or things go horribly wrong. But at the same time, I was trying to say, look, everyone gets maths wrong. You struggle with it. It's hard to learn. And making mistakes is just part of the process. Don't panic when you get maths wrong. Everyone does. It takes hard work to gradually get 
slightly better at it. Do you have one example that you can share from your book? I don't know, like as in, and it can be a spoiler. I just want to turn, kind of give people a taste of the type of thing you're talking about yeah. because some of the examples are just amazing, but they're mm. also worth people hearing because it's one, it's math in the real world, and two, it's the fact that, you know, it's really important, as you say, to get these things right, but people do make mistakes. So do you have a favourite or anything? Yeah, I do. And it's, it's one with trivial consequences because <laughs> there are like ones with big consequences. Mm. There was like a an aeroplane where they fueled it and they put in pounds of fuel instead of kilograms of fuel. And so that's... Metric a, and Imperial. Uh, exactly. We talk about this. Yes. yes. <laughs> Got to use metric units. And then they, they, met, they messed that up. And there's other ones of like people building a bridge and the... Different construction teams use different definitions of sea level. And so the bridge was misaligned at big consequences. The one that I think is, is less, less on the consequences, but more insightful was an advertising campaign that Pepsi ran in the 90s, where they had a joke at the end of this ad that if you collect enough Pepsi points, which you could get by buying Pepsi products, instead of trading them in for a T-shirt or some sunglasses, or all these other bits of Pepsi merch. They had a joke that if you ever collected 7 million Pepsi points, they'd give you a Harrier jump jet. This like crazy, a jet. incredibly expensive jet. <laughs> and in the commercial, a teenager's flying it to school. It's all very funny. Someone realized that you could buy Pepsi points for 10 cents each. So 7 million Pepsi points was the equivalent of 700,000 US dollars. And the Harrier jets at the time cost the US military 20 million US dollars each. And so they were like, wait a minute. They've, un <laughs> they've dramatically underpriced this jet. And so they honestly, they got $700,000 to back a check. They sent it in to get there to win the jet. It was a huge court case. Ooh. And they sided with, uh, with Pepsi. PepsiCo oh. did not have to give... John Lennon from uh, Florida. John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not, not the the thing is not that hard up. Um, <laughs> May he rest in peace. <laughs> exactly. Or and that, that would be a bad cover story if they're secretly alive. Although Florida, not a bad place, I guess, for it to be secretly. Anyway, either the Beatle or someone with a similar name uh, gave it a go. Didn't get their jet, oh. and so Pepsi had to change the commercial. So they changed it to be seven hundred million points. For the hilarious jet but what i find really interesting is why did they pick seven million points mm. and the only conclusion i can come to is in some advertising meeting someone pitched that joke and don't get me wrong good joke good fundamentals and someone's like that's hilarious and they just picked a number that felt big now <laughs> seven million that's a who can even imagine a number bigger than 7 million, right? And they made the classic mistake of relying on human intuition when doing mathematics. And we mm. can't do that because humans, our brains, famously bad at dealing with big numbers. And then yeah. they just went, oh, here's a big number without double checking how big was that number in this context and how big did it need to be? And they just didn't do that. And because of that, they had a very costly court case and they had to redo an advertising campaign. They almost had to buy a jet. <laughs> thankfully, Which, I mean, thankfully, uh, the, the, the law sided with the large multinational corporation. I feel time. bad for John Lennon. So I feel like, like he did he those hard having, work. You should be having the Harrier jet flying to exactly. school. Right, yeah, a lot of work. people think, <laughs> think John should have got the jet. Those, those litigators. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so, Matt, you've had a really, obviously, I think, a really incredible journey from mm. being a math teacher, I believe, in, in London at one stage. 
Yes. And you describe me as a former maths teacher. Oh, you're still, sorry. Once a maths teacher, always well, a maths teacher. That's what I wondered. I was like, sorry. when? I, I, I think I, I <laughs> felt like I was still a teacher. I was, I was thinking about this as you were saying it. For the first five years out of the classroom, I still felt like I was a teacher. But after five years, like a whole generation of students pretty much ah, have turned over. Ah, yeah, and right. after seven years, I was like, mm, there's no one I taught is still in the education system. And by oh, then, I think the curriculum had changed, changed. as well. Okay. Right. And, and, yeah. and, that's inter- and seven years, incidentally, is when every single atom in our body is meant to replace. So that makes sense. There like a are. new Doctor that's... Who, a new Matt Parker. None of my atoms had been in the classroom. <laughs> that's, I'd, okay. I'd that, that's a good definition. Regenerated seven. as it, yeah. So seven. I think I, I, you're still definitely a former math teacher. But you teach all the time. Like, you're, you know, as a communicator, yes. you are teaching maths all the time. Yeah, but now I do it via bait and switch. Where... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, because when you're teaching, the students yeah. have to be there, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but when, when, what, what I do now, because you mentioned the the Edinburgh Festival show I did based on the yeah. book, and I do lots of other um, stand up, and you've both appeared on our evening of unnecessary mm-hmm. detail live, mm-hmm. nerdy comedy shows, where doing stand up is a subtly different, but not entirely mutually exclusive skill set to teaching where people like I lure them in with the promise of comedy and entertainment and I hope I I still largely deliver on that but I do definitely switch to just talking about interesting bits of maths and Mm -hmm. I will you know uh, in in the more general I I will any area of maths I will stray there applied pure the works Mm. and an audience even in like a proper comedy club I mean it's a bit different when it's my actual show because that attracts, as you both well know, a, a mm. very good, uh, nerdy, dedicated audience, as well yeah. as general people. Mm-hmm. You can't not entertain them and you can't, you got to have everyone who shows up, whatever their mass background has to be involved. But people will go a surprising amount of time if they're engaged and like yeah. they're interested yeah. before they realize they haven't laughed. So you can do a surprising amount of interesting maths in lieu of jokes um, before you have to actually, you know, do the, the thing that people legitimately bought tickets for. This is interesting. So we're talking about the idea of like maths and comedy and how does it work? Like, is it, do you think you, the win you have is storytelling? Like, because to go along, you, you're not standing up there doing equations. No, no. And it is storytelling, but it's a more cynical version of that. Because when you're doing a stand-up performance, you're pretty much, you write it almost as a flow chart. Mm. So this is particularly like comedy, like comedy club circuit stand up, where you're, you're going out in front of a audience who may or may not who, know who you are, and you're there built exclusively to entertain them. You will walk out with a flow chart in your head. You're like, right, I start with this joke. And depending on how that joke goes, I either do this joke or I do that joke. Mm-hmm. And then, and then that will inform what I do next. And I tell this story or I tell that story. Or... I tweak, like I tell this story this way or that way, depending on the audience. Then you've got to keep track of what you've already done, where you're at, hmm. what you've done with the audience. At the same time, you're, like, you've got to log like all the interactions with the audience so you can use them later and call back on them. And so a lot of stand-up comedians are closet nerds because the mental process of writing and delivering stand-up is a very, even acknowledged or not, it's a very nerdy process of how you piece together and a lot of people just do this 
naturally like it's it, they're not I literally i mean i'm literally thinking of the flow chart but a lot of people are just <laughs> they, they just do it but their brains are still doing the same processes so i think the the reason i i find a maths background is good is you're already kind of used to that style of thinking the reason teaching's useful for any teachers mm. who are listening and are considering a career change i mean don't but <laughs> if, if you're considering it um is teaching you've spent so many hours talking at a group of students while simultaneously working out what you're saying and what you're doing and thinking ahead while monitoring what everyone in the room is doing and altering what you're doing based on just a general sense of how well the audience are following along. And that skill takes a very long time to learn if you're learning it on the open mic circuit doing stand-up. But if you've already been teaching for a few years you've had to learn that skill because you've been reading the crowd spent, yeah mm. reading the crowd while mm. still delivering your material and adjusting your material in this nice little feedback loop with your reading of the crowd i love this the problem solving setup of comedy wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah that's a great um, so now it's time to return to our puzzle and see how how you've got on bobby you ready matt you yes. ready uh, oh, so I'm ready. as a reminder the problem is at a charity maths comedy event, comedian A does a punchline every 40 seconds. Comedian B does a punchline every one and a half minutes. Assume both comedians start their set at the same time at zero seconds. Work out how long it will take for both comedians to deliver a punchline at the same time. Before you do any maths, remember no maths to be done to begin with. If the questions you're asking yourself are, how do you feel when you first saw the problem? Bobby, how do you feel? So in my mind, I was like, oh, and just to tell people, this question came from a GCSE was it foundation question or? It's one of those part of, early part of a um, high one, but then also foundation. Yeah. So th I think the first thing I was like, ah, this sounds like a question that my uh, year 11 students would love doing. <laughs> Genuinely, that's the first thing I thought. Oh, you, you think they enjoy it? They like things where there's a method. And I think, oh, this is one where they, there's a clear method that I've taught them. Okay, on the flip side, my view is generally with these type of ones, oh, I hate lists. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think it's a straightforward workout. You, I, I'm just thinking you've got to list some numbers, but that's that's okay, I can manage that. How are you feeling, Matt, when you heard it, when you saw it recently? That is a long time between punchlines. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, just... <laughs> You're I mean, thinking again, in real terms. As they've in been roped life. into some charity event, so... <laughs> Like, oh, we'll do it, but we're not going to do many jokes. Yet you'd be doing way more frequent jokes um, oh. if you were on stage. But hey, if they can get away. I mean, maybe people who see my shows think I'm being very hypocritical at this point. Um, but they're pretty, pretty spaced out. I like it. I got to lower my standards. Okay, this is good. What's good about this is you brought it into the actual real world now. And it's, so it's not a very bad question. I think it's actually quite a good question. Um, and so any kind of problems, um, any kind of questions about the problem and kind of understand the basic gist of what's kind of going on with regards to it and what maths topics then are in it Bobby so um yeah I guess it makes sense because sometimes the questions problems we've done GCSE maths problems sometimes they're not entirely clear the approach whereas this one I feel yeah. as if all students should have been taught like ah there's a clear way of there's a couple of clear ways of solving this and for me it's like ah LCM last common multiple so hopefully then students are like ah I've got this yeah, I'm hoping the same. So those come multiple, but in a way that I just think, even if you don't think of those come multiple, you're just thinking when things come up at the same time, it's noticing mm. things at the same time. So what facts do we know about the problem? 
what are the key things we need to be aware of here? I guess it's like, you know, like in Matt, with your students, did you get them to underline or work out what the key bits were like 40 yeah, exactly. seconds, minute and a half? Skip through, find all the relevant, find all mm -hmm. the irrelevant information. Make and sure so you've what? highlighted it or circled it or something. Right. So, and so I'll keep it information every 40 seconds and then every uh, minute and a half. And so what do you think we need to do then? So what's with the maths of this, what are the key things to be able to work this out? How, what do you do, Bobby? What, talk us through your steps. Method. So I love prime factor trees. Oh, um, really? Yeah. My year seven is like one of the, I was like, oh, it's so cool. Like as my students are obsessed by drawing the trees. Should I yeah. just say what I've done? Because I'm, I'm interested where yours goes. I feel like I might have done the way that most people have done it. Normal and people, I'm in, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not that you're not normal, but at the same time, yes. Um, so what I did was I had 40 seconds on one list and then I had not, I'd, I'd converted one minute and a half to 90 seconds. And I just effectively just kept adding up, <laughs> adding on 40, adding on mm -hmm. 40, adding on 40, then adding on 90, adding on 90, adding on... I did like quite a few for 40 because 40 is quite small uh, compared to the 90. And then I added on 90 and I realised for both lists keeping on going, the first time they cross over is with the number 360 appears in both lists. And that's where there's going to be a joke at the same time. So that's when, if you're in different rooms, you'll hear both rooms laughing at the same time in after, six minutes. After six minutes, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how I did it. Um, <laughs> no, Matt, is, is that how you'd have solved it? I, first of all, thought of the way you were going to do it, Bobby. I don't yeah. want to spoiler yours. But then, actually, you know what? Do you want to give us yours, Bobby? Because I, I then, I thought about your method, but then another one occurred to me. But I just oh, wanted right. to check that I'm on the same page with what Okay, what so did. I initially split up the number 40 and minute and a half, 90 seconds into a product of its prime factors. And again, product is just, a, you know, the multiplication of. And prime factors are the numbers that are prime numbers that, if you multiply, make up 40. So 40 is um, 2 times 2 times 2 times 5. So it's 2 cubed times 5. So that's 8 times 5. That's to make 40. And then for 90, it would be 2 times 3 times 3 times 5. That's 2 times 3 squared times 5. So all I've done is split it up, those two numbers, into the product with its prime factors. Is that sort of the way that you started doing this um, problem, Matt? Yeah, so um, I did the same thing. I, I wrote out the prime factors like you just said, and then I went through, and I was like, okay, uh, what collection of these do I need? Mm. So I include each of them separately. But I imagine you've got a, a better way of... Of describing I think, that. I think that's, to be honest, the same way. Like, so each prime factor, you find out where it occurs most often as a factor and you write it down that many times in a new list. So in this new list, they've got two, 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 three, three, five, um, which is, yeah, so essentially where they overlap, sort of. Sort of? <laughs> yeah, because that, that yeah. contains both sets of prime factors. Yes. So, so it's a multiple of both the numbers. And then you multiply that, yeah, two cubed times 3 squared times 5, which is 8, times 9, which is 72, and 72 times 5 should give us 360. Six, Six minutes okay. for lots of laughter. Okay, so you did prime decomposition of 40 and 90, and then mm -hmm. effectively you got your prime numbers and you multiply them all together. The overlapped ones, you didn't repeat, but you then multiplied all those together. Right, for some people, they might be like, prime decomposition, <laughs> what are you talking about? But it's not a difficult thing. It's, it's worth looking up because our prime numbers, we're going to spend a bit more time on this in the future, I think. They're amazing. They are effectively the backbone of our number system, aren't they? Which we don't spend enough time playing around with. Oh, so uh, yeah. I did the list and 
Bobby and Matt went into the hardcore mathematics. Well, I then didn't do that. Oh. Because then I looked at the question and said, realized it says work out how long it will take for both comedians to deliver a punchline at the same time. It doesn't say the first time. Oh. And I was like, oh, well, if I don't have to work out the first time it happens, oh. I don't need the lowest common multiple. Right. You I just need a you. common multiple. And I was like, well, the easiest way to get a common multiple is just to multiply them together. So I just multiplied 40 by 90, <laughs> which is four times nine. So I got 36 yeah, and then put the zeros back on 3,600. And so what's great is comedian B that tells a joke every 90 seconds would have told 40 jokes by then. And comedian A, <laughs> tells a joke every 40 seconds would have told 90 jokes. Oh. 3,600 seconds is exactly an hour. And I was like, ah, they've both been booked to do a one hour set. Oh, this guy. Right. Yeah. And obviously you want to end on a joke. And so they both picked their rate of punchlines, so they both end simultaneously on a big joke right at the end of their one-hour routine. They Thank raise you very the much. roof. Good they night. Raise... Make sure yeah, you pay. You know, it. give give generously to charity. Then that's oh. what is a math comedian, if not one who perfectly calculates the rate the of punchlines to finish finish on a big big gag. You've taken it to the next level. Wow. So thank you, Matt. And Bobby, we're almost there, but not quite there yet. We always finish our episodes with a math fact from our Bobby Seagull. So what have you got for us this week? So this week, actually, it's not really a fact. It's more like a, a bit of trivia. Um, so you've heard of Times Table Rock Stars. So it's, this is like an online yeah. quiz that students can take part. Times Tables, division challenges. And I think at the end, or sort of end of 2021, early 2022, there was a challenge and a student called Brooke Cressy, she's eight years old. So she answered a series of these online uh, division and uh, multiplication questions. And in one minute on her phone or tablet, she answered a world record 210 arithmetic <laughs> questions. I can't even type 210. I, I, I've seen a video of her. In fact, we'll probably share a link. This girl called Brooke Cressy, eight answered 210 arithmetic questions in a minute. It's like, she's literally like in a trance, like, like, it's incredible how, it's almost like you need like some sort of like super mechanical, let alone like the brain seeing the numbers. She's not a robot, she's a real person. She's a real person, 210 questions in a minute. And that's not a fact, but it's like, well done, Cressy. Well done, that's kind of incredible. Maybe that's the future of kids kind of being super quick on the times tables. Maybe not, depends on the kid, I guess. Oh my god! Thank you, Bobby. That's like I, I need to see that video, and I haven't seen it, so I need to to to, to see that. Always a pleasure. Thank you for sharing uh, your math facts. Also, we want everyone to get involved with sharing their math solutions. So we've got solutions from from for me, solutions from Bobby. We've got a solution for Matt as well regarding our puzzle. We would love to see whether you have done the questions in the same way. So please share on Instagram or Twitter, uh, and we will kind of comment on that. And please as well tell your friends about Maths Appeal. Thank you so much, Matt Parker, for joining us. From I was going to say from Australia, but yeah, from Australia. <laughs> now England. Maths is everywhere. Come on. Maths is everywhere, even the other side of the world. And if listeners, you've enjoyed listening to Matt's voice, obviously you can see his real face on YouTube, on his YouTube channel, Stand Up, Stand Up Maths, uh, or his podcast with Beck Hill, A Problem Squared. We have had such fun in this series. We'd love to hear more from you. The music was composed by Kelly Okereke, the image designed by Calix Davis, and a massive thank you to the producer, our producer, Jenny Nelson. And we hope to see you all soon for season three of Maths Appeal. Mm-hmm.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.